Hello everybody. Today I had a one-to-one -one with a dear friend of mine, Sebastian, and we met back in Miami in 2012-2013. And to me, if I had to summarize him in one word it would be charisma. It's really hard not to love Sebastian and he's extremely charismatic. We talked about his childhood in Colombia, then moving to the US with his single mom and older brother. We talked about exploring himself as a spiritual being and finding out what makes him happy. He asked me to start the conversation with a mini spiritual prayer and I thought I would leave it out just to keep it neutral, but I actually really like it and I think it's very authentic to him. And as we are all about the guests that we're bringing in, I decided to leave it and share the love. I first asked him to bring us back in time and describe how was Sebastian as a child and see where the conversation would take us. I hope you guys like it and let's get into it. Is it okay if before we actually jump into the moment, we sort of like mm -hmm. bring the energy together, anchor the energy, do like a little mini yeah. prayer? So setting the intention, you know, I feel like this is totally a tool for people to maybe like get to know more about themselves, question more. And, and with that, I feel like there's a lot of responsibility. And mm -hmm. so it's really important that we that we carry the information with, you know, with that responsibility. So for that, I ask permission to God, creator of all gestures, for us to be a channel of communication, a channel of light, a channel of love. So every single word that comes out out of this interaction, it's going to be for the greater good of Nicole Neves, Juan Sebastian Arubla, a single individual that is going to be part of this project. And let that be for the greater good, guided with love and light, and let it be it. Okay, we're ready. <laughs> oh my goodness, thank you for taking me back. <laughs> First of all, so Sebastian, as a child, I was born and raised in Colombia in this little town called Pereira. It's mainly like a coffee region. It's, the city is actually known because of you know, coffee is the main production. Mm -hmm. Very traditional, very like, you know, South American country, the upbringing was, you know, very Catholic, traditional, I would say. Um, growing up, I would say like the mm -hmm. resources were, were scarce, you know, I like to, so yeah. there was a point in my life where I used to say, oh, I grew up being really poor until mm -hmm. I realized that, you know what, I don't think that I grew up being poor. I would say that resources were scarce because I feel like how right. my mom, you know, raised us being a single mother of two children. I feel like she really instilled a mentality in her children of, you know, we are breathing, we are alive. That's that's more than enough. We have like all of mm -hmm. our hands, all of our legs, like everything is working. Like we're rich. And so, yeah, like growing up, um, I would say that the, the resources were really scarce, and um, my mom, like I said, she was really hardworking, being the mom and the dad at the same time. I had the opportunity to actually go up to a really good school. Like the neighborhood that I grew up in was like nothing compared to the school that I went to. Because uh -huh. luckily my dad, he was um, a, a professor in like this really 
prestigious school in, in Pereira. And so I grew up like having those two worlds, like in the neighborhood, resources are scarce, and then going to school where like there were unlimited resources for so many kids. So growing up in that sort of balance was, was really interesting in my upbringing. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm kind of touching base on that. So it was, it was a private Catholic school, only men at the time. The year mm -hmm. that I graduated from, from school, that was actually the first year that the first women, like the first woman graduated from the school. But before that, it was oh. all men and it was Catholic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very private strict. Catholic. Very strict. You go to church every Monday, you know, mm -hmm. every single um the first part of the morning, what you would do is you would do some prayer, you would do some sort of like community gathering with the class and then just like get to the regular classes. But mm -hmm. yeah, I would say that that environment was indeed very strict. Do you feel you were connected to the religious activity, even very young? Hmm. That's an interesting question. <laughs> because <clears throat> so actually, I would say, like, I would go to church mainly because I feel like, oh, I had to. But I was okay. always very curious about what is it that these people are talking about, you know, because it's yeah. been carried on for so many years. And like, mm -hmm. you know, there's got to be something bigger. So I was always like in between, like, okay, I'm going because my mom tells me to go and because the school is forcing me to go. But then at mm -hmm. the same time, I was always like curious to like get to know more in depth. Yeah. <laughs> I feel most people, most people go because the parents go and because it's the right thing to do, right? Until we really take a moment to reflect and then you decide, oh yeah, I would like to carry on or maybe I should study other things and investigate what else is there. But it's true, I think, especially when you're growing up in a, in such school, it's just how you, you know, what the thing you do, it's just what people do, right? Correct. And um, something that I would have to say in regards to that, that, the religious aspect is right now, present moment, Sebastian, I wouldn't consider myself to be religious of any kind. Mm -hmm. I would say that uh, I am really grateful with religion because since I was a little kid, it taught me to have faith. Right. I feel like that right. being curious about like very important. Yes. You know, it's okay. I'm mm -hmm. like, OK, I may not go to church right now as much, but like. I believe in the unbelievable because why not, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so because of that, I'm super thankful with, you know, like my, my religious background. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I feel like having faith, believing in the unbelievable, it's key. So very yeah. grateful for that. Very young. Yes. Sure. Right. And then, so you were in Colombia with your mom, um, your brother, and what happened after well what happened before you guys moved to Miami what happened well to the U.S. because I know it's hard because I know a bit of your story so I don't want to you know, <laughs> really? change the order so I really I really want to go step by step um, okay grew up in school mom was like the single parent raising two kids um mm. it was I was 12 actually 13 years old the first time that I came to the states Actually, my entire family. So my mom came to the States. My brother came to the States. We all three came together. And that was because my mom had married, at the time, her ex-husband. 
and mm-hmm. he was the one that claimed our family, you know, to like all the immigration paperwork and all of that. So he was the one mm-hmm. living here. He claimed us through, you know, an immigration process. We got here. I used to live in New Jersey with my mom and my brother. And, you know, was he from there? No, he was actually also from Manatee. Like, he knew my mom his entire... <laughs> yes, but something that I am super willing to share is that my mom really, like, sacrificed a good chunk of her life to mm-hmm. bring us to this country and build a better future because right now we have the confidence to talk about it. She, she gratefully, not gratefully, but gracefully mentions how she really was never in love with this person that she mainly mm-hmm. did it thinking of our future because she knew that mm-hmm. back home. That's the best that, decision she could make. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was never like a love relationship. So how we came here, it was like pretty much just like my mom really fighting for her children. This opportunity yeah. was presented. When we got here, things really like started looking sort of kind of gray. Yeah. And that's when, yeah, because the, the, like living with this guy was really painful. Um, my mom actually had to file like the current immigration status that we have mm-hmm. is because my mom had to go to an agency and claim our papers to do some sort of like a domestic violence case. Because, oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like super deep, and like that's something that I actually never get oh. to share and I've never shared with anybody. Yeah. But oh, thank you, know, you like, for opening up. Yeah my pleasure in your knees. I feel like it's real life is real you know this is what this is all yeah. about <laughs> but it's so nice when you have the courage to talk about those things because how many other people are living in the same situation and they just want to feel normal because we always think it's just us right right, right you just right. want somebody else with the same story with a happy ending which is your case Correct. Um, just something to hold on to coming back to the faith that we spoke earlier Yes, yes. So it's definitely like a, a vulnerable experience, but I feel like worth sharing because right now I feel like, you know, we get to appreciate life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get to appreciate life from a whole different perspective. And all of these experiences is what really built what we are up until right now, you know? And we yeah. have to be proud of every single experience that we've had. 100%. That's what truly, yeah. yeah, that's what truly makes us human, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure so, it, makes, it makes your family more connected as well. Showing yeah, and then, like, totally talking about it, getting to know about it. Like, my mom really, like, freeing herself and being able to talk yeah. about this experience of her life, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Beautiful. When, like, think, thank you. when things started, like, getting a little gray, that's when my brother and I decided to move to Rhode Island because we had family there. My mom stayed in New mm-hmm. Jersey you know, sort of like dealing with the situation because she didn't want us to go to go through this sort of like traumatic experience. Sure. So we go and live with an aunt. I lived two years in Rhode Island. I couldn't deal with like the, I couldn't get accustomed with the, the change. Yeah. And I'm 15 years old. And that's when I, I feel like, I feel like when I turned 15, that was the like the pivotal time in my life where I started, oh, really? like I started getting, yeah, getting independent, doing things on my own, uh-huh. Uh-huh. doing things different, right? Because uh-huh. in the um, U.S., if you're 16, you can do lots of stuff, can't mm-hmm. you? You drive, so it's almost like a very young adult. 
Correct. And you don't really have that much uh, freedom. But in the US, you start getting some of them. Yes, yes, that that is that is so true. I feel like you get some kind of freedom here that like nowhere else happens. And yeah. um, so when I moved from like this gray moment in life from New Jersey to Rhode Island, I was 13 years old. And now that you mentioned that, that there's a lot of freedom, I I was living in Rhode Island, but I went to New York and I got some fake documents that stated that I was 17 years old, so I couldn't work. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yes. And how did you find out this was possible? I have probably like 14 family members that came from Colombia in, in right. a status. And they came right. to New York, so they knew about how things work. And that's how my uncle, he was like, okay, if you want to work. Since I was like 12, like my voice changed, like my body, so I looked like I was mm -hmm. older. So it mm -hmm. was no really like a trick to say that I was 17 and, you know, like. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I went to New York, got my fake papers, went back to Rhode Island, and I started school in eighth grade in Rhode Island. And right. at the same time, I started working. So I got my fake papers. I started going to school, eighth grade. And then after school, like around 3.30 p.m., I would go mm -hmm. home, get ready to work. It was like a part-time, Monday through Friday, cleaning, um, like um, doctor's offices and stuff. Since mm -hmm. I was 13. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, yes. Right. And that's when I worked there for two years I was like I've been working for two years already on my own since 13 now I'm 15 and I'm like I cannot get used to this country yes I'm being able to have like this financial freedom per se freedom yeah but it um, must feel it, amazing it must feel like wow and I'm not even an adult yet I can do this you know what not really not very much I never felt like that was like really enough no. you like oh no never never mm -hmm. felt that way because I was like I'm not really happy I'm not really right. feeling like this is making me happy all my family they they thought that because at that time I was like I'm not feeling happy I'm gonna go back to Colombia and my mm -hmm. entire family they were like wait what you're crazy you're gonna sacrifice mm -hmm. like pretty much right. this financial freedom for your happiness kind of thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, at the time, I'm not aware of a lot of things. I'm still a kid, you know, like just sure. thinking that I'm I'm an adult. But in reality, I'm 15 years old. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. deep inside, knowing that that was that was not it. So I really didn't pay much attention. Bought my ticket, went back to Colombia, and that's when, like, you know, like a second, like another part of my life started at that age. Mm -hmm. Back to Colombia, and then like a whole new experience and did you who all ah, right yes i was gonna ask who were you living with mm -hmm. so after two years here when i moved back to Pereira, i was living with my dad for the first time because like never mm -hmm. never ever it in was my you life. and him no and he had a family so it was him right his um wife Luz, right now currently mm -hmm. his wife my mm -hmm. stepbrother and like half a mm -hmm. brother so it's like the new one to the family. <laughs> I'm sure it was very challenging for you to adapt to living with him and living back in Colombia. Yes, I mean, like, it was totally like, a, yes, it was definitely an experience adapting to this whole new family environment. My dad and I were not really close growing up, right? Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so I feel like that was really, you know, sort of like an intense transition for him and for myself. And also because at that time when I came back from the States, at 15 years old is when I decided to come out. And Mm -hmm. really when I accepted myself as a gay being, Mm-hmm. And when I also decided to come out to my family as a gay being because mm-hmm. I had a relationship, I started a relationship mm-hmm. with a man for the first time. So, yes, mm-hmm. this is the other chapter. <laughs> 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 so you were vocal. You're not trying to hide. You were just well, being honest. It was... it was like a good chunk of the relationship that with this guy that I was kind of like hiding things like eight months, eight months mm-hmm. to about a year. That mm-hmm. I was literally. I guess you have lots of questions in your head. Huh? Yeah, I guess you have lots of questions in your head until you're sure to, you know, talk about it. Oh my goodness! Any, yes. Any relationship, right? Yes, especially like growing up in Colombia, very traditional, very like a manly <laughs> familyhood kind of thing. So a South American. Yes, I feel like right now it's way more accepting. Um, yeah, it I was probably like 10 years ago. Yeah, I, I feel the same. Yeah, but like back then I had to like almost like get a taste of like the last era of like people not really being understanding, I would say, but like things are super different. And um, it was really scary, you know, like in the beginning it was really scary, like doubting myself. I, I lied to my family and I told them that I had a girlfriend for like about eight months. So that was not easy because they were like, so where is the girlfriend? When are we going to uh-huh. meet this girl? And I'm like, one day when I'm ready. <laughs> mm. And that's when I was like, you know what? This is who I am. I'm really happy with who I am. I am causing no harm to anybody. And I actually... Mm-hmm have pretty good intentions i feel like it's totally okay to accept myself myself as a gay being and so i came out (laughs) at 15 yes free myself and that's in colombia and how long were you there for when you came back so i was in colombia um i returned i returned here when i was the thing is that i was going back and forth so i got back when i was 15 I started going back to <clears throat> school, graduated from school in Colombia, so that was two years, so that's 2017. Okay. Um, I did one year that I came back to the States being in that relationship, super painful. I thought that I was going to leave here that 2000, uh, not 2017, I'm sorry, it was... No, 2007. Um, 2007, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, so, so it was 2009 when I returned to Colombia. All right. And then... Mm-hmm. 2000, I'm sorry, I got it all messed up. It was 2000 and, it was 2007, because I came here in 2005 for two years, 2007, and then, like, things don't work out, and then I go back to Colombia. I graduated Mm -hmm. from high school there in 2009, so in 2010, Mm -hmm. I decided to come back to the States and try things here, but I was already, okay, back in track, I was already in this relationship with with a guy yeah. for the first time, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm one year apart, the most painful relationship that I've ever experienced, like cheating, like on his end, mm-hmm. like a lot of suffering. I was like, oh my goodness, this is like a whole new world to me. How do I deal with this? So yeah. in 2010, I thought that I was gonna stay here, but then at the end of 2010, I go back to Colombia 
trying to save this relationship that I was in. And I'm like, I'm going to start college. And so I started going to college, you know, like back in Colombia. So here, 2010, go back at the end of 2010, back to Colombia. And I lived there pretty much the entire 2011. We lived together. I lived together for the first time with a man. I'm trying to like save this relationship. But the cheating Mm -hmm. kept on happening. Like everything was crazy. And I was like, okay, something needs to change. And that is when I came to Miami, like at the end of 2011. When we met. Yes. Oh my September. September 2011. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. On track. On track. (laughs) So that's when we met. Actually, when I came, I came completely by my own because my family was still out in Rhode Island. But I was like, if I stay here in Rhode Island. I know that I'm going to go back to these assholes, you know, mm. but, and I was like, no. Mm. So I. But your mom and your brother were still there. Yeah, they were in Rhode Island, but I was like, yeah. I cannot stay here. The weather, like, I know that I'm probably going to get a little bit depressed or anxious. Like, yeah. no. So. And why, I, why Miami? So when I lived here before, like in that, in the, in the time track, I had traveled to Miami once and I loved it. That was like for a week. And um, I thought that it was like that city where like close to home, the weather is nice. People seem yeah. to be like, you know, nice. And I was like, okay, there's like some, some sort of like um, feeling in this city. And that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to go to Miami. And I had um, like a, not a friend, like an acquaintance kind of thing. Uh-huh. Somebody that I met in Rhode Island that, you know, it was like one of those very quick interactions. And um, that's when I was like, okay, so I'm going to talk to her. I'm going to go to Miami. And I was on my own pretty much $500 in a card that my mom and my brother gave me. <laughs> and I came here to make things happen. We drove, my brother and I drove from Rhode Island. And yeah, boom, that's how. Things started in Miami back in 2012. Okay. Lots had to happen for you to get there. Ooh. And how was, how was your career thinking with, with all those college graduations? Like, what are you thinking coming back to Colombia? What are you thinking doing there when you said, okay, I'm going to stay here and study and start university? What, was, what were you thinking you're going to, did you have a sense of what, what you wanted to do back then? So actually, no, when I was in Colombia, I was studying, when I went back to college, not when I went back to college, when I started college in Colombia, because I went back because of this relationship, I started law. So I did one year of law in Colombia. And um, when I came back, I was like, okay, I know that the law system is completely different, right? I know that I'm not really intrigued to like like study the law here in the States. So like, what do I do? And the other thing that I thought, like, it doesn't have to do anything at all, but it was like sort of like something that caught my attention and it gave me a lot of passion was cooking. So I was like, I'm going to study to become a chef. <laughs> so I remember. Yeah, when I came to Miami, I was like, okay, so I, the only thing secure that I had was college because I had applied to these school Johnson and Wells back then I got accepted and I was going to go for culinary arts 
But then when I came to Miami on my own, knowing that life is expensive, that I had to like really work to pay my bills. And it yeah. was almost like I have to accommodate my school to like my job kind of thing, situation. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. having said that, I couldn't study culinary arts because at the time was like really hectic with the schedules and like I had to work, I had to like, you know, make a living. And so when I went to school with sort of like this crisis to talk to a counselor about like, okay, so this is what's happening. They said, oh, so this career is pretty much involved with the like the food and beverage industry. And it's also involved with hotels. They talked to me about hospitality, but at that moment I was like, okay, with this super mentality, like archaic mentality, like, oh, hospitality, yeah. like travel tourism, like in Colombia, I don't know, yeah. I feel like South American countries, like you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, you're an accountant, you know, like very yeah. close-minded in that regard. So I was like, wait, why do you tell Not me? Like, well I'm gonna study, right, like travel tourism. At the time, I was not realizing I'm like in the super touristic city. There's so much potential. There's like a lot of, you know, opportunities here. But then I yeah. I said yes to that career. Like, okay, let's let's like let's just like try it out and see, right? Right. And so that happened. He gave me this option. I was like, let's do it. Not super motivated. And that is when I jumped into the hospitality industry. When I got <laughs> When I started school, that's when through like a career fair, I got the job at the hotel where we met at the Conrad Miami. Uh -huh. Hello. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started from the bottom pretty much. I remember, I think that when you started, I was I still in Melbourne, right? Yeah, I remember you're downstairs. <laughs> yeah, I will see you eventually on the 25th yeah. floor. Because I was always like... <laughs> Sneaking around, like, what you doing over there in that computer? Because I want to learn. <laughs> so cute. Okay. And so you're in Miami. You're, you're working in hotels. You're doing university. And you're thinking, I'm going to carry on with this. This is what I want to do. Or were you still not convinced that this was your future? I mean, like I said, when I said yes to like this career, it was more of like, okay, let's explore and see what happens. I do have to say that along the way, I enjoyed going to school very much. Like I really enjoyed the learning process, learning curve in another country. That was a whole new experience. At the same time, I got to work in a hotel, you know, like a well-known change getting mm -hmm. to know amazing people like you. Hey, hey, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so it was a it was a whole experience, right? That I loved. Right. However, I felt like there was something missing. I never during the career and like growing from a bellman to supervisor and you know acting as as assistant manager. <laughs> it was an experience, but I never motivated me enough to be like mm -hmm. okay so you know what i'm gonna become the manager of a hotel the mm -hmm. general manager and i remember like in the upsell <laughs> remember that i used yeah. to like, uh, oversee the upselling program as well for yeah i maybe we were there at that time but yeah like super charismatic and very genuine and i loved it and and really like getting to interact with so many people on a daily basis in my job is what mm -hmm. really took me to question my existence at another level you know it's like getting to know so many people so many worlds so many universes right like so many possibilities like, right it's like 
yeah. there's so much more to this. There's so much, there's something greater to this experience. And I feel like I kept that question until like the very end yeah. of my like my my job at the Conrad and also in school. And that's when like by the end of school, I started just like going at another level, like questioning things at another level, thinking about extraterrestrials, talking about mm -hmm. spirituality, getting like more mm -hmm. curious about what this whole energy realm was about. So mm -hmm. that was also like another Can we go into that? Can we go into a bit of your your spiritual journey? Because I guess it only happens when you think you are in a dark place, right? It's not a dark place, but that's how we feel. Yeah, I feel like, and it's okay to call it a dark place because, you know, from dark places is when we see the light, you know? I just feel yeah. like being in that moment of really, like, doubting what am I going to do with my life, um, also questioning there's so much more to this existence that question like why did i come to this planet you know if i know that i'm understanding that i'm a soul beyond this physical body what does that mean and like all of these questions were like taking me to a place of like i wouldn't call it like depressed but just i like, really like secluded like i really put myself aside yes yeah. um so that questioning, you know, took me to really just make some changes in my life. For example, I finished uh, my career, graduated from college. I was working at the Conrad by that time that you had left already. I was, yeah. I was still working there and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take a break. And the opportunity came to go for a summer to a farm in Vermont, up north, to mm -hmm. volunteer and do some, some farm to table stuff so um, okay. i did and that was like you know the moment where i i started getting more in touch with like a deeper side of myself per se i had a beautiful mentor her name is ashley that lady taught me everything and anything about how you know how plants grow how to treat the plant you know like your mm -hmm. interaction when you mm -hmm. talk to the plants, you're feeding the plants with oxygen, like carbon dioxide, like all of these things that I'm like, wait, what? So much more. Wow. And I'm getting to learn. So it was definitely. And we take everything for granted, don't we? We plant the seeds, we put some water, wind, I and then it grows, we eat and done. <laughs> I know, I know. There's so much more to this, to this human experience. Like you said, that we take for granted, you know? And yet that um, at the farm, being in touch with nature and just like, really feeling it and seeing it from like such a close perspective mm -hmm. that really took me to I would say like even question things even deeper approach life from a whole different perspective my spirituality started to like I would say deepen in you know yeah. and for three months I was there on the field growing vegetables harvesting carrots onions potatoes garlic like just things that we eat on a daily basis that we never think of like right. the process of you know yeah yeah so i feel like that awareness totally helped me to evolve to like sort of like a next stage yeah and what was your next stage so when you came back what what, what did you want to do so when i came back from the three months being in vermont um i didn't have a job i had graduated from college and I knew for sure that I wanted to do something with purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. with that said, 
the question that came was like, so what's my purpose? <laughs> I don't want to work on a question on a of the century. You know, it's like, oh my God. <laughs> Everybody's when, so aware. People yeah, say, oh, it's we... trendy. It's not trendy. The information got to us and now we're questioning, right? It's not being trendy. It's now, oh, now we can exactly. do something with purpose. Wow, I want that. Exactly, exactly. Like right now, there, like you said, there's information that comes to us through so many different channels, physical, yeah. non-physical, that like you yeah. said, we started to question even more. We started to ask more questions about these existence, become That's more it. curious, you know? That's it, yeah. So that was that moment. That was a moment for me where I came back. I was like, I don't want to work for a hotel. I know that I'm not going to be a GM. I'm not aspiring to be a GM. I want to do something with purpose. And even though at that moment I didn't have a purpose clear, I know that at least I was here on this planet to take care of Earth, like at least my surroundings. You know, like I'm not going to work for a company that is going to be destroying the planet because of the massive amounts of waste that are throwing out there. You know, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And I was really um, mm -hmm. radical on that. Mm -hmm. so, so what was your first that, step? Yes, yes, that was like my first step. I feel like after that Vermont, I I think that I was, you know, more aware of things. Yeah. And um, when I came here, knowing that I started looking for a job, of course, resources were limited because in the hospitality industry, at the time, there weren't a lot of like sustainable concepts per se. But mm -hmm. out of nowhere, this hotel came up called the One Hotel, that it was like, the first sustainable corporate brand that was being launched in the hospitality and it's industry. Mm -hmm. Yes, and right now it's big. They're focused on, you know, like the sustainable aspect of hospitality. Being yeah. there, I got to experience, you know, I would say like all sides of building something new. Because I yeah. feel like in the industry, this is a total new concept still that it's being developed and it continues mm -hmm. to evolve. But yeah. having said that, I feel like it was quite not aligning with my with my values and who I was completely. You know, I feel like there was something, there yeah. was an effort, but I feel like there was something Still missing. That was, yes. And so mm -hmm. when I started feeling that, I was like, okay, maybe I need some change. I wanted to like do something different. And that's mm -hmm. when like literally one of those nights, 2 a.m. that you cannot go to sleep because you're still thinking about what your purpose is. Yeah, yeah. We've all been there, right? Right, 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 right. It's like questioning and like just like in that state. So it's 2 a.m. I'm like scrolling down on Facebook and I see this mm -hmm. ad um, from this co-working community called The Lab Miami that this is where I'm currently working mm -hmm. still. And um that also like changed my life because from being in this hotel that we had you know some sustainable efforts <clears throat> life took me to okay you want something different you saw this ad i sort of like went to the page saw this super school like it was a really cool space for entrepreneurs creative people mm -hmm. artists tech people i was like what is it like super new agey and mm -hmm. I was like, this is totally different, but they're looking for a front desk. I'm like, okay, I'm going to email the person, the managing director at the time. And mm -hmm. um, I got a part-time job. And the magic happened. At the front desk. Yes, and the magic happened. I got a part-time job being the hotel still a full-time, but I was like, I know that this is going to be 
ending soon. So yeah, I was super transitioning happy that, fast. Yes, yes, yes. That mm -hmm. I found this place. I was super happy that I was transitioning to this new era of my like you know experience because it was a whole new field, right? I was hotels, restaurants, and like be serving for a while as well. Um, yeah. In the transition, very short period of time, but like also super super amazing experience and then i quit at this hotel i was like i cannot take this anymore this is not really where i'm meant to be or i didn't even know where i was meant to be but i knew that that was not the place and so yeah i was actually going to like a really also depressive state kind of thing because i wanted like it's like a rush like okay i don't know what my purpose is but i wanted to find out and i'm not sure if i'm doing the right thing aligned with the purpose or it was like that state of mind mm -hmm. kind of thing and mm -hmm. um i found this job i also oh i remember that i was feeling like so not good about myself and with myself with that mm -hmm. job that i was like either i go to like a psychologist or a psychiatrist like somebody to talk about okay. these things or i do something like fun and different creative started this new part-time job i was taking these acting classes in this new whole new environment creative space and then um, I was also like transitioning and leaving behind this hotel. So things finally yeah. happened, left the hotel, took the classes for like two months, and then I just started with the lab Miami full-time. So being full-time here at this place that is super creative, like you can manage your time at a whole different um, mm. pace. You know, you're productive, make sure that you're taking care of things, but you have the freedom to do things on your own. So that's when like, I also found the time and the freedom to even like dig more in depth into the spirituality. So as I was mm -hmm. working here, I started um, like my training in meditation, reading more, like just getting more involved with that community right. per se. And so that's how I started also my journey as a meditation coach. And uh, started the mindfulness program here at the Lab Miami. So every Monday, we gather in a space of the community, a bunch of entrepreneurs from all kinds of industries, and we just mm -hmm. sit and breathe, meditate for about 15 minutes. And that's actually created some quiet impact on people here. So it's been a journey. Okay. It's been a journey of like learning, growing, sharing, you know. And can we talk about a bit of your love music? Because I think that's quite of an inspiring story. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yes, and that if that you want to, the, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you because I mean, you know, that this is like sort of like a, the latest stage of my life that I'm getting to explore. Yeah, yeah, that I feel like I'm done questioning so much that I feel like I'm done, yeah. um, you know, maybe exploring, and now it's time to take action. So I'm in that yeah. stage, you know, like okay, because I, I think that's it. so relatable to many people, you know, thinking of that thing and procrast not procrastinating but just being scared of really doing something about it and right. i think many people can benefit from you talking about it right 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 so actually um i was listening to one of the oprah's podcasts lately i forgot the name of the interviewer but the lady said something like don't let your dreams it is a super ruin soul. your life super yes, soul super i love it Hello, Oprah. Yes, totally. And so one of her episodes, I forget the name, um, the lady said, don't let your dreams ruin your life. I, I listened to that oh, recently wow. and I was like, oh my God, you know what? 
it is true. You know, this is so powerful and so intense that, you know, it's either you make it happen or you just like take it easy in the process, but you cannot let this dream, you know, Mm. take over your life. Right. And with that said, so the dream of music, yes. Um, During like this whole journey, the the spirituality, um, as a kid, coming out, getting in touch with myself, getting to know who I really am, accepting myself, um, being super curious about the spirituality and the meditation, wanting to share with the people, mm-hmm. you know, the gift that this brings, um, the journey that I'm in right now, and that I feel like meditation actually took me to is explore music, right? Always, always, mm-hmm. as I was a little kid, I wanted to sing, I wanted to become a singer. But, you know, like one of those things that you either don't think about it too much or you don't invest too mm-hmm. much or and um mm-hmm. so that was that was me that was like if this is how i put it if there was something in my life that i was like super afraid of uh-huh. like scared to do but that i would love to do would be singing so I was, okay there's something here that i should explore um during my interaction in the hospitality industry being you know in front of so many people um, a lot of different people actually got to tell me different times that I should do something with my voice, that I should explore something, you know, with the tone that I was giving. At the time, I didn't know what it was. At the time, I was like, okay, what do you mean? But now, like, being more mature, I would say, and, like, aware of my purpose and the things that I want to do on this planet, per se, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm going to take action, and I've taken action. Uh, right now, I'm in the process of self-teaching myself, actually being an autodidact, playing the piano, going to YouTube, you know, taking some YouTube lessons, um, downloading this. Yes, absolutely, because I started going to school. Okay, so a little bit of background. Super scared to explore this new time of my life. And you were scared because somebody told you something like, oh, you never make it, forget about it, or was it it all just in your head? Was it external fear? Yeah, okay. no, it was all in my head. I never had anybody okay. say. The thing is that nobody could have told me that because I never sang in front of everybody because of the fear that I've had. But just okay. in my head, yeah. that was just me. You get me? It's like mm. I nobody was being knew. my own right. Yeah, I was being my own impediment, kind of thing, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I was doubting myself. And so this mm-hmm. this last stage of my life that I'm in right now. It's it's been about accepting that, really like surrendering to the fact that, you know, we're not perfect. We're here to share some gifts with the world. And with that, you know, there are some growing pains. You have to become mm-hmm. more confident. You have to be more compassionate with yourself. So there's so many things that I'm like right now processing that this whole new era is bringing that I feel like it's really about like self-discovering my true self, right? And right. accepting myself even more as a human in the experience that I came to have here. So very vulnerable, yeah. really scary. Um, vulnerable is how I call it. It's a very, it's a very, very vulnerable. Yeah, very well life. described. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but having said that, I'm like continuing to pursue. I'm singing more in the shower. I'm singing more in front of the mirror. <laughs> you know, I'm taking this piano lesson. Um, I tried going to school, but I was like, you know, this is not really the training that I want to pursue. Because I'm not going to go for classical singing or I'm not going to go for musical mm. theater. I want to be a recording artist. 
and mm-hmm. with my music I want to bring love and light to the world and happiness you know I feel like Aww. that's the dream that's 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 the passion and right now I'm currently being explored and built <laughs> that's beautiful yeah oh I love this well done thank you so thank much you. Thank you. I well. love that you always open the space thank you for opening up this space and for facilitating because like you said there's so many things that that have to you know like we want to say and that need to be said and you yeah. opening up this space is beautiful I just feel like people need to hear the struggles more so we feel more connected, you know, because we're always comparing our successes, but there's such an individual journey to get to your success. Like there's no point in comparing pictures, right? Coming back to the Instagram. So it's all about digging in deeper to understand what has the person had to go through to achieve that. And if that relates to you, then you can get some advice, then you can get some encouragement, then you can get some, you know, ideas to do the same. It's just to to aspire to be like yes. that somebody who is sharing. Um, yes. So thank you for, it's not easy to open up and I appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Can I just ask you two final questions? Yes. I'm just curious to see what you're going to say. What are you most excited about at the moment? Is there anything specific coming up? Yes. Um, so currently I have a trip to India planned for December. It's going to be for a month. Amazing. Go... Yes. Yeah, so looking Amazing. forward to that. And not only because of the experience of being out of the country and I'm going to go volunteer and help other people, but there's something inside that's telling me that this trip is really going to help me to find and collect more pieces of myself that I need for the picture that I'm building right now. So that I'm looking forward to. (laughs) Yes, I can't wait for you. (laughs) And are there final words that you want to leave people with? What I would tell people is to appreciate the journey, to accept every single experience that comes in the way, to surrender to all of them because they're going to build you up to the person that you will become and to the human that we came here to be. I feel like once and when we understand and accept the divinity of being a human, that's when we can actually evolve as a humanity filled with love and light that we've been talking about. So, yeah, I wanted to share that. I hope that everyone wow. gets to enjoy their journey and accept themselves in their journey as much as we can. Thank, Thank you. you. I love Thanks this space. Thank you.